Hey, welcome to All to the Minds of Stigma, where we give a voice to the voiceless, brought to you by Honor Own of Power County, Inc. I'm your host, Anthony, and with me we have our director, producer, and co-host, Najma. And we have our other co-host, Hannah. How you doing? Um, on our own, of Howard <laughs> County Incorporated is a nonprofit wellness and recovery organization. You can find our center on Dobbin Road in Columbia, Maryland. You can visit our website at onourownhc.org. Any questions, comments, and concerns, you can email us at info at OOOHCI, or you can call us at 410-772-7905. And in front of us, we have our special guest, Mr. Danny Delanzo. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? We're good, man. How's everybody doing this uh, Monday morning? Pretty good. How's everybody doing? I'm all right. You're Najma again. You're like in the ass. You're in the ass again. Okay. I'm not going to bother asking you how you're doing anymore because it just seems like it's always the same answer. So I'm just going to beat you to it. Hi, Najma. How you doing this morning? <laughs> Danny, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well. What you it's been up good to? Good to be here. Oh, thank you. Know. Thank it's you. It's good to have a, you. It's going to be another good week, hopefully. Yeah. Let's hope, huh? Yeah, yes. uh, we have to hope. We all, that's all we could do is really hope that it's a good week, right? We can, yeah. we just got to hope, hope, hope. Keep the hope alive. Yeah. Oh, man. Are so, any of you football fans? No. I'm a Steeler fan. Yeah, I just never got into sports. I don't know why. Yeah, I do Italian. I'm to do the. Uh, you're, you're Italian, right? Don't do sports. Yes. Don't do don't do team. They're from South Philly. The Eagles. They are. I thought they got more. No. But you know that United sports either like me. <laughs> no, Philly's on fire now with the Phillies. They're in the uh, NLCS now. Nice. You and might as well Eagles be speaking a different language to me, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles are still undefeated. Oh, well, good. That's good. That's good. That's always good. Um, so, Danny. I before we even started this I asked you hey is there any questions you don't want me to ask you and you said to me you're an open book yes I am all right so we're not even gonna talk about the question you asked him after I said after he said that shame on you Najma is this PG you can curse here and there so Danny comes to us from the health department. He is a certified peer recovery specialist. So Danny, um, tell me what you do there and how that brings you over here to Honor of Howard County. Okay, so just a little background. Mm -hmm. So I started at the health department in 2014. Mm. Um, back then we were just a contractual employee. My duties include, like I was telling you already, Bureau of Addiction stands for, uh, it's BOA at the Howard County Detention Center. We do groups there at the jail for individuals with substance abuse problems and mental illness. Mm -hmm. Usually that's what gets them locked up. Mm -hmm. So 
like I said, we all we all wear different hats at the Howard County Health Department. Me personally, I, like I'm involved with BOA. I'm heavily involved with the Howard County District Court. It's a recovery court, a program that I went through in 2014. And I just go there every other Wednesday and pay it forward and help the participants. We're also in Howard County Public Schools. Of course, we're on our own, but with our schedule that varies, you're going to find one of us here and there all right. a couple hours at a time. Um, I'm also part of with the LEAD program, LEAD Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program at the Howard County Police, mm -hmm. program that I wish they would have had when I was doing my thing back in the day. And like I said, what I, exactly I, do I, they do there? Um, what is it that about? It depends. For instance, someone gets arrested, okay, or they get get a charge for drug possession, DWI, something like that. Rather than sending them right to jail we're going to get them the help they need as okay. far as resources, treatment, inpatient, outpatient, mental health counseling, whatever, whatever they need. But lately we've been finding and more that's toward the mental illness spectrum. Okay. I mean, drugs and alcohol are still involved. Right. But their thinking process is way off and it stems from a variety of different reasons, but we just want to get them the help they need. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm in, I am in recovery from substance abuse. I'll be coming up on 10 years in March of complete, completed absence. I like that little thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> she gets very trigger happy with the, with the buttons. Don't, don't mind her. I, I tell that to every guest. But um, We do, you name it at the health department, our peers do it, Narcan training, um, in-home visits, um, I could go on and on, really. I mean, it's just... But our main thing is to do is give people the resources because Howard County has a wealth of resources. It's a great county to be involved with as far as recovery from substance abuse or mental illness. And that's what On Our Own is all about to me. It's more kind of geared toward the, the mental health th side of things. Right. But we do have individuals and participants that come in that struggle with substance abuse. I think it's goes hand in hand right 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 for right. me for me it did i just never really took control of the mental health part of things but until they told me that you know you know that i really needed to look at that and get counseling and one-on-one -on -one help from peers that I, re I realized that there was something going on so so for you it was you um you was you were in addiction and then you did not, re you didn't know there was a mental health aspect to it. You had a mental health aspect to it. It was yeah. for you, you just constant, you, for you, you just thought it was an addiction. Yeah, well, um, they diagnosed me with bipolar, so. Okay. I didn't even know what the hell that was, to be honest. How many years ago did they diagnose you with that? Uh, this was back in my 20s. I'm 55 now, so. Wow. Um, probably when I was 27 or 28, but I ignored it until I got clean this last time. It's at the age of 45, I decided to change my life okay. for the better. That's good to hear. Thank you. You're welcome. How many times did you uh, so? How many times did you go clean? How many times did I try and get clean? Yes. Yes. I was in eight rehabs, inpatient rehabs, in and out of jail. Uh, at least 20 times, incarcerated for a long period of time. My longest stint was over a year, and 
it took me many, many tries, but I never gave up, and no one ever gave up on me. So, wow. And that's what we do. We don't give up on people. We give them hope. You're right. That's right. That if you want to change your life, mm -hmm. change it. But okay. you don't have to do it alone. As long as you're alive, you can always you can keep yeah. trying and My trying. My sponsor and trying. tells me that if as long as you're breathing, there's hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe that too. So I mean, believe I believe me, in I, that. I contemplated suicide many, many times. I just never had the plan to do it. I always huh. would say it to like get you to feel sorry for me, right. but I never really believed that I would ever do that. Right. But even when someone says that, you have to take it seriously enough to wear it. Exactly, because you don't know. Right. You just don't know. I mean, turn the news on every day. I just got two emails of two fatal overdoses that just happened last night on my phone. And that could have been me. But mm -hmm. my heart goes out to their families, and I wish we would have been able to help those individuals. But it's, I don't mean to sound like arrogant or anything, but you can't help everyone. You yeah. can only You're help right. someone unless they want the help. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, I mean, it's hard to like try. You can't just save the world, really. Yeah, you can I was, one yeah. person at a time. Mm -hmm. Actually, just one person yeah. at a time. I was in complete denial when I was in active active substance abuse. And uh, what age? What, what, how old were you when you started getting into drugs? Honestly, for me, it kind of started in high school. Like no one ever talks about sitting in the basement with the red solo cup drinking the beers and mm -hmm. playing beer pong and mm -hmm. I, that was what we did on the weekends but for me it started with a sports injury because i was an athlete in high school and college but in high school i broke my wrist okay and i they prescribed me oxycodone like nothing at that and time I, probably i took it i'm like well the, the pain's going away and it's making me feel really good and i'm more outgoing and you know, because I was kind of insecure. I still am in some ways, but it just took the pain away. But after taking it after 30 days, I became addicted to it. After just 30 days? 30 days, yeah. I was wow. taking it every day because I liked it. Right. Oh, now, wow. because did it come to a point where you just was like, you weren't feeling any pain, you just took it? Yeah. Wow. Because I just kind of, I guess my brain adapted to it in a way or mm -hmm. my body became dependent on it. But it just just lets you know how strong these medications are. That if within just thirty days you were addicted, yeah. Now, did, did you know you were addicted within? No, the, you no. just just said, "Hey, let me just pop this." I had no idea. I mean, I knew there was something wrong that I kept wanting the doctor to prescribe them, and he kept prescribing them. No questions but, asked. No, but but as a result, when I when I got healed and was able to play sports again, I completely stopped. Playing sports? No. The, the, oh, the medication. The medication, okay. because this happened when I was 17 or 18, but I had that, I guess, gene inside of me, the addiction gene, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, that I don't know where it came from, but that's just, it led me down a bad road. But I had I had abstinence in college when I was very serious about baseball and becoming a professional baseball player, and I completely stopped. We'd drink beers on the weekends, and, and then... Um, I got introduced to cocaine, and that was a different story. Uh, yeah, I left college. I left. I could throw. I, I threw a professional baseball career out the window, probably. But wow, I guess it wasn't meant to be. But right. yeah, it just led me down a path of destruction. Not just me, but everyone around me, my family included. And it was it was very very bad to where, from the age of probably 21 to 45, I was in hardcore addiction. 
Wow. Which, so it, was it just cocaine? No, it was many, many drugs. Crack cocaine, pills. Um, when the pills stopped kind of working and became too expensive, I was introduced to heroin. Okay. And then I started, yeah, snorting heroin. Then I was injecting it. Now, I'm... I'm a vain person, I admit that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody to see any track marks on me, so I was shooting it in my toes to where wow. it, it kind of took longer to get to my brain to make it, right? because it travels in your bloodstream, but I didn't want anybody to know. So wow. I look at some people who've had addiction problem with heroin and you, you, know, you see their track marks in right. their neck or their, I didn't want to be that person, but still, I mean, I was addicted to heroin. Right. How many years were you? Sorry, no, I jumped on your toes there. You, what's your question? No, that's the first. I just want to know how, how many years were you addicted to? Like, when did you start using heroin? Do you remember what um, age? Around the age of 34. So late? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I was doing pretty much every drug up until then, but doing a lot of experimentation in high school with LSD and mushrooms and the whole hallucinogenic type right, of thing. Right. Um, that was very easy to get. But yeah, the cocaine and the heroin. At the age of 29, when my father passed away, I hit all those feelings and emotions with drugs. And then... That's how you processed. I, yeah, that's how I thought I was dealing right, it and coping right. with it. Mm -hmm. I was just pushing it all down. I was just like a bomb waiting to go off. And I did, believe me. But, yeah, the heroin I started about the age of 33, 34, somewhere around there. Still taking the pills and everything. And right. I, would, I would do anything I could to, to get it, too. I didn't care who I robbed, who I hurt, who I... Yeah, it was just... Where, where was, um, like... So, at 34, you started heroin. Did you, or at this point, you knew you had a drug problem? Of course, yeah. So it, it was no longer, oh, I can stop this whenever I want. Yeah, and everyone around me knew I had a drug problem. Okay. So you weren't lying to yourself? No, but I was still in denial about, I can do this on my own. I don't need help from anyone. And right, I right, right. pushed everyone away because really the core of my addiction was self-centeredness and selfishness. And it was my pride and my ego that really got me in the worst trouble because I, you know, I didn't want to reach out for help. I didn't want really anyone to know, and people see what we don't. Mm -hmm. So, and my ego was just, oh, I can do this. I don't need help. You know how I think you are. Leave me alone. And yeah, it was just complete denial for, for on that part of the recovery process. But right. until uh, the pain became great enough in my life, change happened. I was facing eight years in prison. Prison, like we were just talking about earlier. Right. Um, yeah, I was facing eight years, and then I was introduced to the recovery court program right. that I went through, and that changed my life. Can I ask what you were facing eight years for? Or if, yeah, if you sure. want to share it. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, Najma, you asked your question. Sorry, I got <laughs> excited. I got carried away there. <laughs> what I was facing, my charges were counterfeiting, forgery, theft, um, assault, things like that. Counterfeiting? What were you counterfeiting? $50 bills. Danny was I, making no, back, money. Back, literally. Oh, wow. 
I'm telling you. Man, I, 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 I knew the wrong people in high school. I got a $50, yeah, a $50 bill. I went to the Kinkos. They had la they have laser printers, and I would and there's a sign right there. Counterfeiting is a felony, right on. The, and I'm like, you know, who cares? I would go in there, you know, right before they would close, and I just pretend I'm doing something, and I would scan it. And I'm telling you, it looked real. Give that to a drug dealer at midnight, they're taking it. Yeah, they have no idea. But until they start hanging yeah. on the back of your car and throwing bricks through your car window. Say so yeah. you gave me fake money. Yeah, but the next day I'd go right back. And do it again. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I got my ass kicked by them. But wow. that was just a part of They kept the, accepting your money? They, they knew it. Oh. Yeah, because that money would go to their, to their guy. And it was just until they... The circulation, got, the counterfeit. Yeah, things got bad enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it was bad. Good. Now, you want to ask your question? Thanks. Previously, you said that they don't, that 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 Someone in my family have the same problems? Yes, it is. Because you said it was in your that you went to be in a gene. Um, yeah. Do you have any my, other family members? My uncle was an alcoholic, mm. so I people say it may be hereditary. Mm -hmm. I just know for me that as far as addiction, mm -hmm. I mean, I used to party with my brothers and sisters all the time, mm -hmm. but they could yeah. stop. Right. I didn't. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I know alcoholism ran in my family right. on my father's side and on my mother's side there was mental illness like suicide things like that so wow. I don't know if Coming, I, I just yeah I mean yeah. I just know for me that mine revolved just to making bad choices how many brothers do you have? how many brothers? I have three older sisters and one younger brother oh, okay. We're all two years apart, so I'm. He's 53, yeah. 55, 57. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And you have four child. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So when you um, were facing these eight years, um, yeah. Did you? Was this like, where, what were you feeling at that point? Were you? I mean, fear? Were you saying, "I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop." Um. I didn't want to stop. Mm. I mean, even then, yeah, even then, I didn't want to stop. How it all went down was, I knew I was facing eight years. I had a lawyer who I still haven't even paid to this day, to be honest with you. I think he passed away. Wow. But he came out and said, "Look, they're they're gonna they're gonna slam you." I'm like, "What do you mean?" And I was under the influence in court, so he's like, "They're gonna slam you," and I'm like, "It is what it is." You know, I'm finally gonna get the help I need. Wow. And then I saw a lady that I knew who worked in recovery court so all that eight years is still over here and she said you're gonna come back tomorrow in front of this judge judge wag in recovery court and he's gonna give you the opportunity to change your life and I'm like okay so I did my went back home did my thing went back the next day when you went back the next day were you were you high oh yeah I made sure of it oh, okay um, so this is just a Reader's Digest thing. So I, I go in the next day, I'm high as a kite, and the judge called a recess. So I'm like, recess? So I went out to my vehicle and did what I did. Wow. Did my thing. Okay. Oh, wow. So I came back, they thought I overdosed, I passed out in, in the courtroom. 
the judge is banging his thing. He's like, Mr. Delanza. So I woke, I came to, and there's paramedics around me and all this. I mean, they thought I was dead, dead. probably. He's yeah. like, you're not dying on my watch. He took me in the custody right then and there. I went out the back door right to the detention center. Um, he's like, you're going to do a year in my program, which meant I, the eight years was gone. Right. Still hanging over my head, but I didn't have to worry about that as long as I finished this program. And March 23rd, 2013, yeah, that's when it all happened. So that was your last time? Last time I ever used. In 2013. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I went, <laughs> went to jail, went to treatment, and right from treatment I went to a sober living environment for 19 months. And how, was, and how was that? How was the, so how was the um, trans, transformation from you went to prison, then you came out, and then you had to kind of like function in society? Yeah. What was that like for it, you? It was hard because when I, I went, I went to that impatient with the clothes on my back, I had lost pretty much everything except for my life. Because at the end of my addiction, I was in Baltimore City picking up cigarette butts. Wow. And I, oh, but wow. I, I survived. I knew how to survive down there. And I'm not bragging about it, but thank God I knew how to survive mm -hmm. because it's, I've learned from all of that pain to get me to where I am today. But the sober living environment was the best thing I ever did. Number one, I had nowhere to go. Right. Number right. two, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car or license. All that was taken away. Or I gave it away pretty much. Right. Yeah. So being there 19 months helped me build a strong foundation in AA and HA, which is Heroin Anonymous. Which, which was awesome. You know, I went through the twelve steps. That's just my pathway. There's many pathways to recovery, right. as we all know. But that was just—I was around other men who were going in the same direction. You know, some went left, some went right. I went. I just wanted to stick with the winners. Right. So by the time I left there, I was like, I don't got this. I'll never say I'm recovered. Right. Because then my, it'll inflate my ego, mm -hmm. and I become complacent. Right. And, right. I, and I always say to myself, I say to others, look at your track record. What's that What's that speak for? And it spoke for a lot, because every time I would you know, try and do it on my own, I would fall short, way short. Not fail, because I think failure is when you give up completely. Right. That's right. So, and, what about, and so the support was good for you? Yeah, the whole network. Like I said, everybody on my phone today is my network at Sam Recovery. Wow. Before I had all the drug dealers That's on great. speed dial, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So... My, my, it's for me recovery is a, it's definitely a lifestyle, but it's a complete change of thinking, and a, and you create a whole new lifestyle around recovery, and yeah. You said that your family never gave up on you. No, they showed the whole you know the the whole cliche tough love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom said you are not welcome in my house anymore. She you know just like I said, a mother, her unconditional love for her children. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't compare that to anything. Right. She never gave up on me. I, I I gave up on myself, not completely, but I was I was just so hopeless that for me I was lost. I don't I don't push religion or spirituality on anyone. I just know what I believe in. Mm -hmm. And for me I was lost. So I, I needed to put my faith back in God and and others and trust others around me who've been exactly where I was to like Right. Just show me the way, you know. I knew what I had to do, but once I saw other people like being successful and not just material things, but 
internal, it's inside job, like honesty, dignity, integrity, all those things I was lacking, especially mm -hmm. honesty. Mm -hmm. um, when I saw that, I was like, I want that. Right. And now people come up to me in court and say, I want what you have. I'm like, you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question. How long did your addiction last? Oh, well, like I said, I started when I was around 17 or 18, just experimenting. And then when I get introduced to the opiates, but my, I'm going to say like the, the addiction could be different for many people, but mm -hmm. for me it was right. when I couldn't stop, when things okay. got unmanageable in my life. Um, probably the age of, of 30 wow. to the oh, age wow. of 45. So it was, believe me, there were some times where, <laughs> well, I don't even want to bring that up, but <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah. For me, it lasted a good 20 years of just nonstop using every day, just about. I mean, there were some periods of abstinence when I couldn't find it or didn't have the money. Right. But I always had something in me. To, right. You know, just. How, how, because you, you mentioned that you had passed out in court. Yeah. Did that ever happen to you before that? No. So that was the first time you completely, like, like. What 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 is that? That's not is what is that considered? Like is that? that I was just in a blackout. Probably. Okay, so it's not like you almost OD'd. No, I overdosed twice. Narcan Tw saved my life twice. Twice. To where I was, I don't know if I was clinically dead, but it was, I was not. It, you're when you overdose, you're still breathing. You're just not aware of your surroundings. You're kind of passed out. Right. So if no one would have hit me up with the Narcan, I would have been dead. Now. I'm sure you've heard of the fentanyl epidemic that we have yes. right now. Oh, yeah. It's which horrible. Is, to me, it's a pandemic. Yeah, it is um, a pandemic. Which is just crumbling across our border like crazy. But back wow. in the day when I was um, doing my thing with heroin, fentanyl was, you heard about it, but not like you do today. If it was like it was today back then, I, would, I wouldn't be speaking to you right now. There's no, I'd be dead. It advanced. Yeah. It's just become more, what, two, three grains of salt is equal to, yeah, you, it's just, there's no, there's no competition. There's no, the reality is you will die if you ingest. Is that what's killing people more now than anything? I believe it is. And um, you're hearing a lot of the, men, like I told you earlier, the mental illness side of things mm -hmm. to where when you're not in the right frame of mind and you don't practice get the help you need and practice self-care and things like that, that there's a good chance that you're going to go down a very dark road. And I know that I did. And I help people to this day today. Like, I'll be helping this gentleman this afternoon who's in our recovery court program who's struggling big time. Yeah. And he's always like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I'm like, well, here's my suggestion for you. But if you want to do it your way, let me know how that turns out for you. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to help you. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here, I'm here to guide you, but yeah, I can't I'm lead just, you. I'm just a peer. He's like, well, you're certified. I'm like, that just simply means that I did the work to, to go through all the trainings and become knowledgeable about what I do as, an, as a um, my employment. I mean, I would do this for free. Yeah. You know? It is rewarding. Yeah, Naj, I think your mic's off, Naj. <laughs> you muted yourself? Yes, I did. <laughs> Show me how to do that so I can do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that deserves a... <laughs>
gracias. So, 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 the Java opinion today, what do you want to like to change? Like, like the Java never seen to the, the, the Java seen to the job problems. Did my mom? No, the job problems I've seen today. The, the drug problems you're seeing today. Like we want, no, we want to, to like change. Like I've heard it right. I've heard it right. But like, 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 what do you want to see it get better? What would I like to see change? Yeah. What yes. do you, would you like oh, to see get um, better? In yeah. Howard County specifically, yeah. yeah. Um, Howard County is it's a very wealthy county. But it's a big pro there's a big drug problem in Howard yeah, County. It's, there's yeah. there's definitely yeah. a big problem in Howard County. Now yeah. what I would like to see is um, an inpatient facility like treatment center like for substance abuse, mental illness, the whole spectrum. Right. That's like a great to, idea. I'd like to see one in Howard County. Now we have grassroots, we have Shepherd Pratt. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we have sober living environments. I'd like to see more of that. Mm -hmm. If I had, and, and you have to look at it on the business side of it right, too, of things. Right. Because right. everything, if you it's don't have money, money if you yep. don't have investment, if you don't have things like that, yeah. it's time to get something started. Yep. Now, the Howard House, the place where Jack works, you know, right. Jack, yeah. um, that place is phenomenal. I wish we had four or five of them, you know. We definitely need... Um, it would really help people. Yeah, we definitely need more places for women who have children. Right, that's, um, yeah. We need that. I mean, I could go on and on all day about what Howard County needs. Yeah. I tell you what it doesn't need is a bunch of political bullshit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then we have an election coming up, so there's going to yeah. be some mudslinging. There's going to be. Oh yeah. I respect Alan Kittleman, and I respect Calvin Ball. Right. Um, Alan Kittleman, it happened to his own family, addiction, and he, right, he right. took off with a lot of things. And now you can see what's happening as far as the whole red tape stuff and all that kind of thing. But hey, I'll support anyone. Right. As long as we're here to help people, and right. you're not doing right, it just, right. just to get a vote. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's where I come from. I mean, yeah. Sorry, I got political. Sorry. No, it's all right. No, it's you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard not to. It's hard not to discuss these things and not get into the political because um, it's the political is what can help us get more, and what we need is more. Exactly. Of this, like what you just said, like all oh, these the houses and. Yeah. Um, Grassroots, grassroots. I, I volunteered at grassroots. Grassroots is con so packed that as soon as they get somebody out from for housing, somebody's already in. Like that, there's yeah. a waiting list. That same for thing crisis. with yeah, and that's a crisis intervention center, and that's mm -hmm. we need many more of those. Mm -hmm. To be honest, um, I just was at Leola Dorsey Center. Oh, Leola Dorsey Center last oh. week. Uh huh. Um, and that place is just. Un I'm, I was. I was like, first time I ever went there, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. I mean, it's. It's kind of like. A larger on our own, to be mm -hmm. honest. But they have people. They they live there. They feed them. They shower. Their laundry. Mm -hmm. Their doctors on call. You get food stamps there. So it's all inclusive. Inclusive, yeah. And no, it's cold weather shelter too. Wow. No. 
Is it a is it a come and go kind of thing, or is it like a hospital? No, you can come and go there. I mean, okay. there's the, the it's right off of Route One, right by the uh, Salvation Army there off of Guilford Road. Wow! So it's right on the strip where the bus drops you off. They can walk, come get lunch, a nice hot lunch. Um, they can't stay there because all the beds upstairs are taken, and wow. people are still in active addiction there, which I understand. You meet people where they're at. Right. Right. Um, I wish we could help all of them. You know, say, look, here, here's here's this phone number. Would you like to get into inpatient? But they're they're just content with where they are, and I I, I get that because that's where you, I was. You were you were there. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess it's like um, I I, I mean I, I call it like the, everybody's got to get to their um, what do you call it the um, the bottom. The, yeah, like you got to hit your rock bottom yeah. before you can realize. I mean, you 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 just said you um, you uh, overdosed twice twice. Like, so what, what happened that first time you, you woke up from an overdose? What that, I, that Ten minutes later, I was getting high. Wow. So that didn't even stop you? No. I wasn't ready. Wow. You weren't ready? I didn't really... You didn't have fear? Was no, there no fear I, there? I, honestly, I didn't care if I lived or died. I mean, it was... To the, 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 drug, the, the, the love for the drug was more than your fear of dying. Yeah, I, yeah. I love the drug more than I love myself, that's for sure. And what about... You said, what about the second time, after the second time? The second time happened, it was, that was kind of scary. I mean, um, they, they had to do two doses on me then. Um, yeah, that was in the city, so I had, I had no one to call. I was just, you know, and I, then that time I got high after that too, because they ruined my high. When you get dosed with Narcan, your high is gone. So I was, <laughs> Were I you was, pissed? <laughs> Gosh darn it, you ruined my high. You woke me up. Darn it. What's wrong with you people? So I, re I remember that. You're right, man. I, I was pissed. I was angry. I remember vividly. I went and I, I robbed somebody. Uh -huh. I stole their purse. And I there was money in it. And I did what I did. You know, I. that's not who I am. That's yeah. just where the addiction took me. You know, I used to, all my gold jewelry, all the things that I worked, kind of hard for and you pawned, I pawned it. everything even my I, I stole a crucifix around my mother's neck that she always put on her dresser I, I pawned that wow but the whole recovery process for me was it's a beautiful thing because you get to make right wrong you get to make amends during your process and I, right. and I did that some people still don't want to talk to me I respect that but now that's on them that's not on me anymore exactly so um, to amend something is to make it right right and I do my best to do that every day mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> when that person shows up in my life I'm not going to go track them down but when, when our paths cross because they will right I'll try and make it right so I guess you, you they, it's they have to believe that there is redemption there yeah. is you know like um like you said there it can't be on you like my nephew very successful young man i love him he's my blood um he he came to my second or third anniversary at the alano club when i celebrated and he stood up he's like i don't i don't buy it dan i've seen this before um when you hit 10 years maybe i'll believe in it so maybe when i hit 10 years this march he'll believe it if not i have there's nothing you can mean. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not really. It's not really. Um, but I respect that. You know, I respect because yeah. I. I really. I used to take him in my car. 
down to the city while he was a little kid I used, when I copped. I mean, who does that? Yeah. He's in the back seat. Somebody in addiction. I mean, God forbid yeah. if there was a stray bullet or something. You know, mm-hmm. I put his life in danger, mine in danger. And right. So, I don't know if he remembers that specifically. But, but you was, do. Oh, yeah, I remember it. But it's not really your, pl- you know, it's, uh, after all this and you're in, you're in your recovery and stuff, um, it's not your place for you to convince them to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to worry about you and focus on you. Because once you forget about that and you don't focus on you and you try to impress other people, yeah. I think it's, I mean, that could be a wrong turn for you. My actions. I have to prove things through my actions, not my words. Today. Right. Right. I right. Let, I let that do the talking. Mm-hmm. And I fall short. We all fall short. Something. Mm-hmm. But you know, I always look at it this way: if if everything was all perfect, there wouldn't be nothing to strive for. You know? Right. So I'm glad life isn't perfect. Life's going to hit you right in the face. It's all how we get up from that and kind of move forward. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, um, just to you know, there's one question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. So after, you're close to ten years. Yeah. So after all this time, right now, what do you like? You just finished saying, what are you striving for? Um, <clears throat> I want to go back to school. I want to learn more, but. As long as I keep doing what you know, what us peers do every day, as mm-hmm. far as helping oh, yeah. helping people, that's that's all I want to do now. It's not, you know, I, from time to time, like I said, people come up to me and say, you know, I want to I want to do what you do. I'm like, well, here, here, you go right to the state of Maryland website. Here's you your want to become resources. A peer, yeah, and and they're like, you get paid for that. I'm like, go figure. I mean, I got a state of Maryland badge around my neck with my record. Wow. So it's like they still can't believe that. So mm-hmm. we're just we're living proof that change yeah. is possible. You know, I'm no better or worse than you are. Look, man, I one bad mm-hmm. decision and I'm right back where you were. Exactly. You know, so it was a process to get to where I'm at, and it was a process to get to where I was in an addiction too. So, but I think it's kind of come full circle to where mm-hmm. I get to see it. Because when I was out there, I, I saw things, but I never it's like. You never saw it clearly. Right. Today I see it vividly everywhere. It's like... Like, I mean, you say all these, you know, you've told us your story right here in the, you know, right now. And I, for me, like, I know, knowing you or seeing you around here, um, I would have never thought all this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, such a different person. So, being that different person that you are now is... Do you recognize that person back then? Do you, Do you rec- find it rewarding? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, staying clean one day or even one minute of a day is that's rewarding, that's rewarding yeah. enough. But yeah, I, I wish I had a chance to talk to that kid back then. Really? But he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he, he's gone. I'm glad now. to hear that. Yeah. Um, if I had the opportunity, if if you could turn back time, I, I'd make some. You know. I shouldn't have went to that party that night, or I shouldn't have got mm-hmm. behind the wheel. I never got any DUIs. All my drugs, all my charges were drug related. Wow. I just never got oh, caught wow. with the Lucky. DUI part. You know, thank yeah. God I didn't kill anybody or myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a, it's very it's a rewarding feeling, but I don't let it get to my head. That's right. good. Because then, like I said, my ego would ego take over. Ego sets in. Right. I'll, my mom's, and I know we're not supposed to curse on here, but my mother, when I went to, when I got locked up the last time, 
they got me right up at the CVS, right five minutes from my house. And I called my mom. She's like, Danny, when the fuck are you going to grow up? Wow. And that came oh, from wow. my own mother. And mm -hmm. that was that was at the age of 45. And I'm like, mm -hmm. she's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I don't have a penny to my name. I'm robbing people. I'm just, she's like, that's not who I raised. Right. Call me when you get your shit together. But, and I, like I said, they locked me up. Went before that judge, got locked up again. And that's, sometimes, you know, Sometimes we make the wrong decisions to get to the right place. Yeah. That's right. And you basically attained your goals and her. Yeah. And her goal. Yeah. You, you, know, you, 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 know. got, your, you got your shit together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still try and, try, and, try and get it together each day as long yeah. as I try and do a little better than I did yesterday. But um, now, I, now I have the opportunity to... Uh, to be there for my family, to be there for my mom. And us. Yeah, and, and, and come here and... <laughs> be here for us. Wow. Well, Danny, man. <laughs> Thanks so much for um, coming in today and joining us and sharing your story with us. Um, it's, it's definitely an inspiration to me. I and um, I hope you inspire other people who ever listen to this to to find help and find the help they need and stuff like that yeah that's what we do man i appreciate your time oh thank you i appreciate yours yeah. um so thank you thank you for tuning into our podcast don't forget to follow us or subscribe to our podcast to see who will be on our next show next sunday you can visit our website at onourownhc.org any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at info at OOOHCI.org or you can call us at 410-772-7905. Want to be a guest or a co-host? You can email us at AMS at OOOHCI.org. We would love to have you. Najma, please, please, please wrap it up.